0: Most trading business owners see team meetings as a bit of a waste of time and a big cost because they take the team away from revenue generating work. And team meetings often the first thing to stop when the team gets under the pump uh, with lots of jobs. But great team meetings are crucial if you have a team and you want to grow a successful business. Tune into today's podcast where we talk through why you're missing out if you aren't running your team meetings regularly or properly. Because the sad truth is that most business owners are struggling with how to get the most out of their team meetings. Welcome to the Profitable Trading Podcast, where we talk about hands-on strategies that you can use in your plumbing, electrical, or similar service business to make more money, get some time back, and make your business less reliant on you. Hope you enjoy, and don't forget to follow. G'day, everyone. TFJ here, Tony Fraser-Jones, the host of the Profitable Trading Podcast with my sidekick, Phil Smith. And uh, if you haven't followed already, you 100% should, because this is good.
1: Yeah, pretty yeah. good.
0: Yeah, I listened to an episode of us talking the other day. And uh, I hate listening to myself talk.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cringy hearing your it own is. voice, but it was
0: actually quite good. I know that sounds really. What's because like you arrogant, were to me? Well, you were great, but <laughs> I mean, I could actually stand the sound of my own voice. So, um, wow. And I actually said some sensible things. It's like, how did I come up with that? Anyway, you had uh, a voice
1: that could make a Wolverine purr. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Back to the topic. Yeah. Anyway, mate, what are are we talking about today? Mate, we're talking about team meetings. Uh, Basically, what we want to cover is why they're so important uh, and how to make them amazing so that you actually create real results for your business. So this is an area, and if you're listening, you may be thinking, man, I've got 10 guys and uh, if we waste an hour on meetings per week, that's going to cost me a fortune in lost productivity. Uh, and you'd be right if the meeting is a stock standard, boring waste of time, talk fest where you as the boss talk at the team and then get frustrated when they don't have anything useful to say back. Uh, but basically, when you get your team meetings right, it's actually a game changer for the culture and performance of your team. So we want to dial into this and just make sure that we can get good meetings and get um, They're not a waste of time anymore. They're actually super productive. Yeah. Uh, I think there's two things that I really want
0: to get into today is, you know, why have meetings? Uh, Because, you know, I can understand why people are like, man, it takes a lot of time and it's a bit of a faff around. Mm. Uh, And then uh, how to have good ones. And actually, I think what we'll talk about today is what makes a bad meeting. Because yeah. uh, sometimes that's a good way to think about it It's like well don't do this, don't do that And your, your meetings will probably be great So yeah, this is going to be juicy It'll be good I'm sure you have a story to kick us off Well it's going to be a talk fest about talking So it's, it's all good We'll get into <laughs> it Yeah <laughs> we do, do have it. a story uh, And um, actually this is a story that uh, I think you may have shared before Phil So yeah, I yeah. feel like I've twice. stolen your story mate but I
1: don't know if it's been on the podcast though So I think we're alright Yeah.
0: So I've got to apologise from the get-go team if you're listening uh, There's a few statistics in this so the first half of the story is like kind of boring, but the second half is, is pretty good. So, yeah. uh, you know, hang tough. Get good us into it, man. Good things come to those who wait. Actually, I don't believe there's bollocks. Good things come to those who make it happen. But anyway, the story is this. Uh, Stephen Covey, who is a um, really famous author, he's dead just now, but he wrote Seven Habits of highly f- I See what I did
1: there? <laughs> if Guys, if you're listening, that's not the last time that you will hear Tony say, he's dead just now. It's his favourite line. Yeah, I mean, he may come back, but I'm not sure when. Anyway.
0: Well, you uh, said
1: Dan Kennedy was dead, and it turns he's, out he's not. he's not. That, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't say that.
0: Uh, I said, look at the internet, which says that he is, which is not saying that he is. Oh, well, you shouldn't believe everything you read you on the don't. internet, Tony. You don't. You should believe about 1% of it. Anyway, in, uh, in Stephen's, uh, Stephen Covey's book, The Eighth Habit, uh, he, he quoted the results of a poll in the US, uh, the Harris Poll, of 23,000 US residents who are employed full-time uh, in key industries and, and key activities in those industries. And the results are really interesting. Uh, th- only 37% of those polled said that they had a clear understanding of what their organisation was trying to achieve and why. One in five were enthusiastic about their team's uh, and organisational goals. One in five of the workers said that they have a clear line of sight between uh, their tasks and the team's goals and the organisation's goals. Only half were satisfied with the work that that accomplished at the end of the week. Uh, only 15% felt that their organisation truly, organization truly enabled them uh, to execute on key goals. Only 15% felt that they worked in a high trust environment. Only 17% felt that their organisation fostered open uh, communication and better ideas. Only 10% felt that their organisation hold people accountable for results. Only 20% fully trusted the organisation they worked for. And only 13% uh, have a high trust or highly cooperative working relationship with other you know, people or groups. In their company. Well, wow, that's a lot of stats, right? So Stephen Covey went on to make a, an analogy to a, a football or a soccer team here, and he said that these results uh, equate to a soccer team where you only have four of the 11 players on the field knowing which is their goal. Uh, only two of the 11 would actually care which is their goal. Only two of the 11 would know uh, the position they play and exactly what they're supposed to do. And all but two of the players would in some way be uh, competing against their own team rather than the opponent. Pretty crazy, right? Crazy stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, And, you know, most of that is down to the fact that the communication is not happening.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, like, the biggest theme I'm seeing there is really clarity, Um, you know, clarity, accountability, and and transparency into what we're actually supposed to be up to. And I think, like, you know, meetings, one of the biggest functions is to over-communicate that clarity. Uh, And make sure everyone's on the same page doing the same things the right way. Um, So if you're not doing them or you're not doing them well, uh, you end up like that soccer team, right?
0: Yeah, basically a bunch of the the people on your team, don't know what the goal is, they're competing against your own team in some way, actively or passively sabotaging the success of the business that you're running.
1: Yeah, one of the biggest ones that stood out to me is only two of the 11 players even give a shit which goal is theirs. (laughs) Like, that's crazy, right? Unbelievable, right? Unbelievable. I mean... Damn, if that's your team, like, I mean, you can see how that's a problem.
0: Massively frustrating. And meetings and great communication, which, you know, meetings are part of, uh, is one of the top ways to actually get on top of this stuff. Yeah, that's right.
1: So, I mean, if we don't have great meetings, uh, you know, we're not going to have a great culture, we're not going to have any transparency. What are some of the problems we're going to run into?
0: Uh, I think the first thing is uh, the meetings will be, you know, if they're not done well, they're going to be boring. And they will be pointless talk fests, probably with you talking a lot and everyone listening and, Trying not to look bored,
1: yeah. yeah. It's boring as uh, the old, uh, the old nod along. Uh, yeah. Lights are on, no one's at home. That's right. Yeah, That's yeah. right. Uh, yeah.
0: Looking at their watch. I yeah. think you're going to get, you know, little or no feedback from from your team about what's actually going on or that sort of thing, uh, or get their ideas. Uh, a characteristic of bad meetings is that nothing gets decided, and there's no real action points. So it's like just a talk fest. Yeah. You know. Mm. there's no nothing concrete from it and often what happens if you don't really value your meetings often they just get cancelled or they get pushed back when you're busy because yep. they're not that valuable so that that undermines their value automatically because the team are like well you know if the boss pushes them they're obviously not that important so why why should we care if, if he doesn't or she doesn't
1: yeah and I think like along with that I mean that can look like a lot of different things uh, sometimes it's getting cancelled sometimes it's getting pushed Guys, sometimes it's when you come in and you start the meeting with, "Oh, all right, let's get this over with. Uh, all the same stuff, right? It's basically saying, hey, this is a formality. We have to do a box. We have to tick. Let's get it over with. There's no real point to this. I've just been told I should do it. I read it in a book somewhere. So basically it's how do we make these actually really worthwhile? And if we get this right, there's a lot to gain. So 100%. I mean, what yeah, can we do? Like, I think one thing is that your team, uh, you'll get a much better
0: buy-in uh, commitment and involvement from your team and that, that sort of goes back to the story you know you'll, the team will be interested uh, and, and have some input into where the business is actually heading or get their ideas from them uh, and you know then they're actually going to start caring about the goals of the business as well uh, so that's important uh, they'll be well structured and you're going to get results and action points so people will leave the meeting with stuff to do that they're actually accountable for mm. uh, which, is, which is important uh, this is a big one and and um, you know, we'll talk about this a bit that I think, they actually save time, which is like, huh? how does that work? Like it takes time, but actually it saves time because it's actually proactive communication with everyone in the same place at one time mm. uh, rather than the uh, reactive where you've got to say the same thing to 10 different people yeah. uh, when the mistakes or problems happen. Exactly. And I think the last thing is I really believe you get better decisions because you can talk things through, get different perspectives, and... Um, and different views on things, and,
1: and that just leads to better uh, and more solid decisions for the business as a whole. Yeah, 100%. And we said earlier that we'd talk about two big things here. So number one, why meetings are important, uh, and number two, the big mistakes people make when they're running those meetings. So uh, where should we start? Because they're mate, both good topics. Mate,
0: well, you're a bit of a genius at meetings, I've got to be honest here, Phil is, um, is the meeting wizard. Uh, and he's done some great work here at Profitable Trading with you know uh, putting great meeting structures in place, it made a huge difference to our business and we're seeing it in, in the members that we you know, put these meeting structures in with as well so mate, why don't you kick off and tell us why the meetings are important because I think that's um that's a real good place to start.
1: Yeah cool, well I think for me like one of the biggest things is, I mean I think about it like a sports team first. Um, you know, there's all kinds of different meetings, but if you look at like high performance teams, I mean they have whiteboard sessions, they have classroom sessions, they watch videotape, um, they have one-on-one meetings with their coaches, they have one-on-one meetings with specialty coaches. but even more than that, like if you watch them at practice, you'd think the most highly valuable task that they're going to do is you know running around and lifting weights and you know kicking goals and practicing plays and you know practicing the defensive formation, whatever. but you'll notice before they do anything, they always huddle. Um, So the reason they huddle is for clarity uh, so they know what they're going to do so that when you hit the field or the gym or wherever you go, you actually do the right things and you complement each other in your practice Um, and same thing in the game. And I think the big thing here is if you want to have meetings at all, you really need to accept that you have to communicate with your team and you kind of have two options. So one is that you do it one-on-one and in a reactive manner as things come up and the other is you be proactive and you do it in a group format. So I mean for me, like which one do you think takes more time? I've got to go around my entire team one on one in a reactive way, firstly, the problem or you know the benefit even uh, has already happened so it's like driving in the rearview mirror. So anything I'm doing, uh, we talk about it uh, and then we probably have to talk about it again after you've done it the new way so actually it's double time, one on one with every team member whereas if I do it proactively, it's only once instead of twice and it's with everybody at once, it actually saves a lot of time. Um, so one of the biggest benefits you can get with team meetings is front footing things and getting in front of issues and challenges uh, rather than just dealing with all the stuff that pops up down the track. So put another way, if you invest time into running great meetings uh, that you'll know <laughs> you find all the annoying things may come up, sure, and it might be annoying for you at the start but if you've got a minute, um, basically what you can do is you can proactively get ahead of this stuff um, and you don't have the problems that arise afterwards. They largely disappear. Yeah, I um, mean it's it's
0: it's huge. It's... And I think this is a principle we see in business all the time. There's a couple of general options to things. One is fix mistakes and be the ambulance at the bottom of the cliff and react to everything and that's, you know, problems on jobs and cash flow problems and staff problems and client problems and supplier problems and yada, yada, yada. Uh, and Or you can be very proactive and, and plan better, uh, you know, front foot things uh, and and meet things head on before they start to become a problem, and that the same applies with meetings. So I think that's that's magic. They're actually a actually a time saver because you can do uh, you can talk to everyone at once, you get agreement from everyone at once, and you can share all the information, uh, which which saves time. And then you don't have all those little corridor conversations, all those phone calls that come into you all the time about people checking in with stuff, which you can deal with at a meeting.
1: Hundred percent. And I think big thing with this is like if you look at issues and things that will come up. I mean if you don't give people a place where they know this is my time that I can use to bring things up or to discuss things that have gone wrong or to ask questions about hey why don't we do things this way or that way, if they don't have a place that's set to do that, then Firstly, they might just hold on to it and they'll feel like you don't give a shit what they think. Um, or what they'll do is that they'll come to you privately and you'll have a whole bunch of little Chinese whispers coming to you privately that have probably already Chinese whispered all around the entire business without you knowing, by the way, <laughs> before they come to you. And then they'll come to you and you have all these little corridor conversations. Whereas if you just had one open forum conversation, firstly, you reach a better result. Secondly, everyone feels heard. Thirdly, they know to hold on to their thoughts because they'll have an opportunity to actually air them. Hmm. Um, and it, again, saves a lot of time and reaches a better result. So I think the thing is you need to give people that opportunity or otherwise they'll yeah, take it I, I, in weird ways.
0: This, this is hugely important. It, uh, a meeting is almost like a bucket uh, and you know that you can put the stuff in the bucket and then deal with it all at once Yeah, uh, rather than just... Yeah, odds and sots, bits and pieces as they come up on the fly. hundred percent. So like, I mean get a time and a space to deal with it.
1: Yeah, otherwise you're gonna have tradesmen calling you and saying, Hey, why don't we do blah blah and you can just, you know, you have to deal with it at the time and then go around and communicate that to everyone else if you want to make a change. Um, whereas if someone calls you up and says, Hey, I've had a thought, you go, Awesome, man, hold that thought. Um, bring it to tomorrow's toolbox. Let's do it at the meeting. We'll do it at the meeting. So I think like it just gives you an actual a place to put stuff, which yeah. is which is really it's important. Massive. It's yep. huge. So, I think the other thing is a great way to create involvement and get the team involved in discussions because, as we've said a million times, involvement breeds commitment. So, if they don't feel like they're involved in things, you know, even if you make a decision that actually has nothing to do with them, they shouldn't really have to be part of the decision. If they feel involved, they'll commit to it. But if they don't feel involved, then it's just you ruling with an iron fist and them thinking, well, I don't really agree. And yep. it's harder to get that commitment and that buy in. So, it's but
0: I think it's that's tough. a big thing. If you can get your team around the table in, in a meeting format and you want to introduce a change maybe it's you want a new quality assurance checklist or a pre-job checklist or some training that you want to put in place and you get everyone's feedback on it everyone can see a piece of themselves in the solution mm. and they're way more committed uh, yeah, rather than 100%. as you said just sort of dictating from uh, on the throne.
1: Yeah exactly and it just takes away that whole ivory tower mentality that that staff can have. Uh, another one Great way to drive accountability. Boom, love this one. And I think if you don't have accountability, then basically people lose interest in whatever you're trying to drive. Because if I say, hey, I want to roll out this new quality assurance checklist, but then I also don't hold anyone accountable to using it, that's like me indirectly saying, hey, I made this thing, I want you to do it, but I actually don't really care. Um, And so why should you care? You know, like accountability is a reinforcement of, of the action that you're trying to take. And people actually crave it. Like people crave accountability because it's a good way to know whether or not I'm succeeding. And if I'm not feeling like I'm succeeding, then it's just Groundhog Day. I just come to work every day. I do what I'm doing. And every now and then I get told off for having done something wrong. Well, I, I agree that people
0: crave accountability, but I'd put a small caveat on that. The good people crave accountability. They're not so good. They tend to try you know, it. Like, they don't like the light being shone on them. They're creatures of the dark and they'll, they'll sure. try and- Um, You know, slink away from it. And the thing with the accountability in meetings is, and and maybe if you're listening, you're like, well, what do you, how does a meeting give you accountability? Well, it gives accountability because there's visibility. So in a meeting, uh, you know, if you're responsible for something, you've got to talk about it and share it with the rest of the meeting. Yeah. And now if you've got to do that for something, you're way more likely to do it. Yeah, 100%. You know, because peer pressure, you know, the group sort of um, interaction Mm. or culture is that's what helps drive accountability and everyone wants to look good in front of their peers and their mates and their friends and their workmates yeah uh, and so that's that's what you know that's what helps drive the accountability it's a it's a, like an open forum
1: yeah yeah exactly and I, I think the thing is is like again people just want to know that what they're doing is is impactful and important and so if you're not going to hold people accountable to it then what you're basically saying is that whatever I told you to do it's not that important and you're not that important and it's kind of how it can feel so I think it's important you hold people accountable just Again, small caveat accountability is not shouting at people, all right, and telling them off. Accountability is a review of what we said we'd do and what actually happened and whether or not those things are aligned. That's all it is. Um, It's not a witch hunt, it's not an opportunity to, you know, knock people down a peg. Um, so just make sure that when you approach accountability, it's a statement of the facts, what we said we'd do, what actually happened and where we could do better. That's, that's what it is.
0: And, and it's also an accountability for you as the leader. Now if it's a meeting you're, you're leading, well sometimes people don't want to run the meetings because they haven't done what they said they'd do as a leader. Yeah. Uh, so you know it, it helps you be accountable to your team uh, which holds you to a good standard which you know, helps with the whole culture as well. I yeah. think it also helps get better decisions, you know, like different inputs, different perspectives from people rather than you making all the decisions. And that's something I've noticed as we've grown our business is like, we'll sit down in a manager's meeting and, you know, you and some of the other team have got completely different ideas than I do. I'm like, man, bro, I didn't even see it like that at all. I'm like, yeah. how could I be so wrong or, or whatever? And, and, and it helps you you know, understand your blind side and, and, and make a better decision in your business as well.
1: And honestly, this is huge. Like, I think I might have mentioned before the the Jack LaLanne story, the gym story. Uh, well, I think it applies perfectly here anyway. Like, basically, what happened was um, Jack LaLanne's gym back in the day. Uh, you know, big gym chain, and this is back before you know there was disp- soap dispensers in gyms. Oh, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, yep. uh, and so they used to put actual little bottles of shampoo and soap in, the, in all the showers at the gym. But what happened is people would just steal them. Uh, they just chuck them in their bag and take them home and a uh, big board meeting one day and everybody's you know discussing how are we are going to fix this problem blah blah and there just happened to be a janitor in the room uh, you know cleaning windows and he just pipes up and goes hey you know I could just take the lids off the bottles and they all stopped and go what and he's like yeah I mean like no one's going to chuck a, a shampoo in their bag if there's no lid on it they get shampoo through their bag and everyone just goes <gasps> And it was like you know the Arriba moment yeah, from yeah. Uh, Old El Paso, yeah, you know, that's up right. on the shoulders, yeah, big change. And obviously, what it, what that actually led to is that then it developed um, soap dispensers. But my point is, is that you need to get all those different inputs and perspectives because just because you're the boss, or even if there's a couple of bosses in the business, that's cool. But there might be perspective or you know insight that you could gain from the people on the ground, which is going to actually help you make better decisions as well. So you need a forum for getting everybody's ideas on the table or you can't come up with the best ideas. It's as simple as that. Yep. So 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 lots of rea- yeah. So
0: lots of reasons to have them. I mean, number one is they're proactive. It puts you on the front foot and your front foot in communication. It gives you a space to have the communication rather than on the fly, helps mm. it create involvement, helps create accountability and gets the best uh, ideas. That's right. Um, I reckon what I would be quite good is to, to look at what are the mistakes yeah. people actually make. Yeah. Um, or oh, I'm going to burp soon. I don't know. Can I hold oh, this in? Just do it, mate. Uh, oh. oh, God. It wasn't good. It smells good, too. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. Um, so, mate, do you reckon we jump into that? Because I think Yeah. I know a lot of people listening have run meetings, and you're like, oh, that felt awkward or whatever. Yeah. And, hey, let's be honest. If you haven't done them very often, it's like any skill. It's It actually takes skill and practice to become good at running meetings. Totally, totally. Uh, so, you know, if you haven't done it for a while or it's felt awkward, don't, like, you know, don't freak out or, or think it's a bad idea. It's probably, you're just, you know, going up the
1: up the skill curve. That's
0: fine. It might take
1: a yeah. little bit of time. Yeah, 100%. Well, I think, like, the biggest, well, the first, the first problem that I always see is uh, not making it a priority, right? Like, I mean, if you cancel it or move it when you're busy, basically you're telling the team that the meeting's not important so you got to block it, you got to book it, and you got to make it happen. Stick to the times, no excuses. You know, meetings have to happen like clockwork. I
0: think that's massive because you know, if you get busy straight away, uh, and the first thing that happens is I oh, will just we see that with with members in a million dollar trading program until they really understand the power of this. You know, the first few times they they look to get the meeting structure set up is uh, oh we got busy and and we shifted the team meeting for a couple of weeks and then it sort of doesn't start to happen and then. Like six, eight weeks later, we've got productivity problems, we've got gross margin problems, we've got team problems, people starting to, you know, with intention to leave, all grumblings. sorts of grumblings. And it's like, yeah. oh, how are the meeting structures going? Oh,
1: oh, well, uh, we stopped doing it. We got that. busy. Yeah. yeah. So
0: um, make it a priority.
1: Yeah, 100%. And again, like, it's that whole thing. If I create a forum for you to put your ideas on the table, and then don't prioritize that, and it never happens. Well, then those ideas bottle up and turn into grumblings. That's well, that's and it just, just it, it just goes. says
0: it just the team can feel like it says that their input's not important. That they mm. them as, a, as the workhorse, or you know the, the the factory is more important than them as the person.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. So You can't, can't do that. Yeah. Uh, next thing I reckon, no agenda. Is a big problem. Like You've got to have structure. Imagine turning up to uh, you know, sports training and uh, all the players turn up and you're like, right, well, well, start practicing. And one guy goes over and starts running sprints. Another guy is throwing passes. Another guy is kicking goals. And a few guys are standing around talking and it's kind of like, well, this it's not really a practice. It's like chaos. <laughs> That's right. It's like chaos. And meetings are the same. You know, If you have no structure, you have no agenda, everyone just turns up and is like, well, what should we talk about? And then you just end up with a whole bunch of random chat and actually what you end up with is a lot of side conversations. So in within the group, you'll have one person talking to another, another little group over here talking about something else, person at the front trying to talk about the main topic, but it's just kind of chaos. No one's really on topic uh, and nothing gets achieved.
0: Yeah, so agenda's important. I want to talk about the next one, uh, which is no clear purpose for the meeting. Mm. Then this is, this is weird. Um, or mixing up the purposes. Uh, and, and here's the thing. Not all meetings are the same, and you probably need different meetings for different purposes. Well, not probably. You, you do. You do. Uh, and no, what, what we do and what we teach our members is a, is a structure that um, I think comes from Pat Lencioni's um, teachings. Uh, Death by Meetings is a great book. I highly recommend you jump. It's real easy reading or listening. won't take you long to read. Uh, so we have uh, a bunch of types of meetings. The first meeting we have is what is called a quarterly directional meeting, which is every quarter... Uh, the senior management team gets together and we talk about what we're going to work on for the next quarter in our business. What are the maybe three or four or five key things we want to focus on? And same with our members. What are the three or four key things you're going to focus on in this quarter uh, that are like the, I guess, the big projects, the big rocks, the strategic sort of things you're going to focus on? Then we have a a monthly um, strategic, which is every month, obviously. Funny that it's monthly. So we should have it every month. What do you reckon? Yeah, well, it makes sense. It's good if, if it's monthly. We yeah, should probably yeah. have it monthly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could have a nah, six weekly monthly. That's it's confusing. Yeah, just just too just do monthly. Too monthly. Okay. Easier. And at the monthly, basically, what we're doing is we're looking at how we're tracking on the on the quarterly strategic project. So we're just checking on on where we're at. Uh, are they still making sense? Uh, have we got any issues we need to solve uh, as we go uh, as we go forward? Then we have a, a weekly tactical, which is where you just look at the re- the, 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 the the weekly results of the business. What's ha- what's happening. And your progress on those strategic projects, and then there are your team meetings, uh, you know, individual team meetings that happen, uh, and there's daily stand-ups as well. You know, like a sports team, like you said, Phil. There's a quick huddle in the morning uh, to set the direction, and in the afternoon, just to see how we went and and you know what we achieved. Yeah, and that's that's what we call a meeting rhythm. So in your business, you might need one or two or three different types of meetings. Uh, you could use this format, but you might have a toolbox meeting, you might have a manager's meeting. Uh, maybe if you've got a big team, you want to have an estimators meeting or a uh, a BDM meeting, uh, but you have different types of meetings because you don't want to talk about the day-to-day operations of the business in your quarterly directional meeting. Yeah. There you want to talk about where you're heading, what are the big rocks, Yeah, uh, and that you know, that's different. If you're trying to talk about everything in each meeting, it just loses focus and it becomes just a bit of a shambles.
1: And I think the big thing is often when people hear this they think oh jeez man that sounds like a lot of meetings, it's going to be a lot of time but the fact is, is like if you don't actually have different meetings for different things then all that happens is that you don't cover the things you need to cover and there's no focus on those things and so you end up having all these little sideways conversations and you've got to go around and over communicate everything individually, it actually, it actually just ruins all the time anyway. Um and people need things need to go in their right place. Like, you know, yep. we, we need to have a health and safety meeting is different from a meeting about how we're gonna improve our gross margin. Yep. You know, like otherwise you just get confused. One topic will always be more important than the other. And therefore the less important one gets neglected. 100%. So look, it just is what it is. What else goes uh goes wrong? Um the boss doing all the talking. <laughs> uh and I I'm don't know I've never seen that happen. No, I mean, you've given me that feedback a few times <laughs> that I should say less. Hey, man, you've given the feedback to me too, so I think we're even. No, come on. Hey, go on, bro. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's surprising, actually, these podcasts don't go for like 17 hours an episode. Yeah, well, I mean, like, we would, but Nephi does all the editing. So yeah, well, that's yeah. right. He edits out all the yeah stuff. That's right.
0: Anyway, um, yeah, the boss doing all the talking and not getting people uh, to contribute. Mm. Uh, so I think it's very important that, Everyone, uh, you know, comes to the meeting prepared so they know what the agenda is uh, and so they can contribute. Uh, and, you know, you ask people directly to contribute as well. You, if, as, the, as the leader or the manager in the meeting, you might actually have to draw people out uh, yep. to contribute. Now you'll have now the really extroverted people who talk all the time uh, and you'll have the quieter, reserved people who don't say a lot. Do not make the mistake of thinking that they agree with everything or that they don't have anything to add. Mm. Because often they're very thoughtful and they're observing things and their input is like is just a diamond. Yeah. But sometimes you have to draw it out of them. So yeah. Don't do all the talking. Don't tell people stuff. Make it uh, you know, an involvement thing.
1: Well, it should be a collaboration. Hundred percent. Otherwise it wouldn't be a meeting, it'd be a, a notice board. That's so. right. And sometimes <laughs> meetings are like that, which is no fun yeah, for anyone. It can be like that. And then um look, my favorite one by far is you have to mind for conflict. Um, so you need people to disagree, you need people to you know, actually argue their points um, and this, this isn't a negative thing. Like when I say conflict, I don't mean fighting, uh, I mean people having healthy disagreement and reaching a better decision as a result of getting all the ideas on the table. Like you know if you say something and I disagree but I don't bring it up, well then we're going to go with your way and actually at this point, uh, I'm not bought into it. I don't. I'm never going to actually act on that because I think it's a stupid idea. And actually, then I might say my point, and you'll think it's a stupid idea. But between us, if we both say our point, we reach a better idea um, that we can both, you know, get behind, and it's actually better for everybody. So you need to mind for that. And the way to mind for it is if you see somebody who's kind of biting their tongue. You know, chewing their lip, uh, you know you can see them shaking their head or something. Get them to talk because people don't always come out with this. It's uncomfortable to have that conflict, but you need to push for it because if we don't get it, you are missing out, really. yeah, hundred percent.
0: and and I know if you're listening, um you know some of you will have really small businesses. Uh, you might be yourself or one or two or three other people, and some of you listening will have fifty hundred, two hundred people in your in your business. and so, you know, this we're sort of talking about the full monty of meetings here, like the the, the big the big picture, and bigger organisations can do all of this. But if you're on the smaller end of the scale, no, you may not have as many meetings, but they're still just as important. So important, so uh, important, massively important. And as you said, Phil, sometimes with conflict, not everyone is going to agree all the time. Mm. Uh, but what you do need from the meeting is commitment to what you agree to. So part of the leader's role is to get everyone around the table and you know sometimes people will end up making a captain's call, but it's about getting everyone to, to commit to doing what you've what you know what you said you would do, even sometimes though people may not completely agree, but if they you know, you've got to get through it enough, so that everyone can actually back the decision.
1: But that's the point is if we don't have conflict, then I'm not actually committing. Like if I disagree but I don't actually bring that up and we don't argue about it, then I'm not committing, I'm just agreeing with the boss because that's the thing to do. And so the thing is, is like the only way to get true commitment is when you have true conflict beforehand and everybody actually says their piece because once I've said my piece, I'm fine to do it your way if that's what we decide. But if I haven't been heard, then I feel like I'm doing your way because I have to, not because we've had a you know discussion about it and come to the agreement. Yeah. So it's real crucial. And I think like guys, if you're worried about this, just remember like it worked for Steve Jobs. He I remember him saying you know his absolute worst nightmare would be coming to work and everyone agrees with him because in that case, why is he paying him? So like, I'm paying you to bring your ideas. If you were just going to do my ideas, I wouldn't need you to be here. So yeah, just remember that. Yeah. The the
0: other mistake I think that gets made is people just give up too soon with this. So you know maybe you get started on running your meetings and the first few feel a bit weird. So you like you kind of give up. You're like oh I just I just this is not really working that well. Mm. Maybe it won't for a few times and maybe the, your team really struggles to get involved. But a lot of that is about actually trust.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, because good meetings require trust and they know that you know they the team have to know that um, you value their opinion. Mm. You're not going to chew them out if they disagree with you. You really want to get their input, and mm. that may take a little bit of time. Yep. Uh, so think about the long game there. 100%. Uh, that's really important. Uh, anything worth doing can take some time and some practice, so stick at it and, and refine your skills because um, I think you really thank yourself if you do.
1: Yeah, totally, totally. All right, well, uh, should we land this plane? We should. Let's All do right. it. Let's do it. Um,
0: meetings done well are killer for culture. Uh, they're great for productivity and for employee engagement. They're done badly, your meetings is just going to be a total pain in the butt. So your job as the leader is to commit to running great meetings. Thanks for listening. Now if you enjoyed the podcast, there's four ways we can help your business. Number one, grab a free copy of my book called The Profitable Trading. And it's at profitabletradybook.com forward slash podcast. Two, join my free Facebook group at profitabletrady.com forward slash group. Three, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just search Profitable Tradie in the YouTube search bar. Or four, book a free 15 minute phone call to find out about our coaching programs at profitabletrady.com forward slash podcast or if you can't remember any of that just check out the session notes